Hello there, my Filmmakers Podcast listeners. It's Giles here. We recorded a brilliant podcast this week with the team behind. The feature films are stolen, but it was two hours long, which is okay. I normally cut it down to about 45 minutes for you. But there was so much good stuff in here, I didn't want to cut out. So I'm going to give you it in two parts. This one released today, now the one you're listening to on a Tuesday as normal, is all about the film The Stolen and the team, how they made it, what they went through. The second part, which is out on Friday, is all about filmmaking tips and tricks from the journeys of our guests. The films they've made, what they've worked on. There's some amazing tips and information for filmmakers from a producing standpoint, for one thing, but also from a director's point of view, working with named actors, making a film on a credit card, what to do after you make your first film, which is very important and so useful. Definitely listen to that on Friday. So without further ado, do enjoy this week's Double Podcast. Part one is now how to make an indie western. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to fuck it up. In our very, very humble opinion. I said fuck Christian for the first We've time. Just been <laughs> We've always said F, F it up. I've always said F it up. Today I said, said fuck We it just up. had a chat literally seconds before we started recording about the use of the word. The F word, the C word. And what you should and shouldn't do. Yeah. And you, but I've used it. And you fucked it up. I did. Um, today, <laughs> we're talking about how to make an international co-production with the stolen filmmakers, a feature film made in New Zealand. I am Giles Alderson, co-writer and director of the psychological art house horror feature film, The Dare, released next year in brackets. Uh, World of Darkness <laughs> feature documentary and producer of horror comedy, A Serial Killer's Guide to Life. Mm. Our regular host, Andrew Roger, is filming. Dan Richardson is hosting the Remembering Rhinos charity event at the Royal Geographical Society for the Born Free Foundation. But luckily, we are joined by our other host and esteemed director of Zomcom Stall, Freak Out and Fanged Up, released next year in brackets. It's Christian James! Yeah, that is too, too good. So we are here at Soho Voices Studio today, a delightful place with five voiceover recording studios conveniently based across two sites in the heart of London, Soho and Fitzrovia. They are set up for any audio post-production and voice recording. The engineers here, Andy included, who's recording us now, will ensure that it's all sounding to the highest standard and can even whip up some creative sound effects mixes and bespoke music tracks if you so wish so head to sohovoices.co.uk or call peter saying we sent you we sent you of which i am sure he will be delighted to get all your calls have they got a unique fart but, but no, like a fart no. sound that no one else has. That would be amazing. Oh, I've got it one of those. <laughs> Andy, have you got one of those? Is he nodding? Are we demonstrating? You know what I mean? It's just it. a bit like a, a little thing, a bespoke fart. Yeah. Do you want, a, do you want that fart? Do you want a fart? From, that would you know, be amazing. Bespoke kind of fart. fart. Yeah, we want a really deep, bassy, sweaty yeah, yeah, fart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Well, if we've got any time at the end of today's session, we could all, we could all maybe we could make that out. Awesome. Um, make it um, no, you could. <laughs> <laughs> Girls yeah, don't fart. No, they don't. No. I've noticed that. Um, you've heard them already. They're our guests today. Very excited to have them here. Gillian <laughs> okay. McGregor, Emily Corcoran and Neil Johnson. They are the team behind the adventure western The Stolen, which is on general release now. A feature film starring Alice Eve, Jack Davenport, Richard O'Brien, Gray McTavish and one of our guests today, Gillian McGregor. 
Hello, and obviously Emily, but that comes in my next book. <laughs> I've got that. I've written down I, in my I next book. I didn't say anything. We no, just, we there, was a, there was a point. <laughs> there was a point. Sorry. I was like, oh my god, you forgot. <laughs> professional. Emily's in it as well, by yeah. the way. Um, shall I tell them a little bit about yourself, and you can correct me if this is wrong? I'll, oh yeah, great. Yeah, great. okay, okay. Julia McGregor, she's an award-winning actress. That's better. Her other credits include the critically acclaimed sci-fi drama Beyond. A Lonely Place to Die, Joey Answers Street Fighter Resurrection, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, what do we call it? A TV mini series about Street yeah. Fighter. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, and Nicola Tesla and the End of the World, for which she won the Best Actress Award at the Valencia Film Festival. Sound good? That sounds good. That sounds like Gillian. Just keep Will telling me about the award winning bit. Yeah. Again and again. Yeah, she's award-winning. award-winning. <laughs> we'll, we won't mention your name, but prefixing it with award-winning. With award-winning. <laughs> Talking of award-winning, we also have Emily Corcoran, the producer and writer of The Stolen, who also stars as Honey. See, I wrote dun, it dun, in. Dun, dun. <laughs> she's worked. Now. Well, so, yeah, you should. Yeah, now. you should. So right. everyone could see you pointing. <laughs> she's worked on screen and stage in a number of award-winning roles. Um of which are <laughs> uh, the feature film Country of Hotels My Good Mate Matthew Butler's Two Down by oh, the way oh I only had nice a small part connection. in that but it was quite no one funny knows that I know well yeah. you will remember me though no, that's, yes that's <laughs> yeah, well, a very small part yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway um, Moussaka and Chips right yeah. and the quite wonderful gritty drama The Governors yeah. and she can be seen in the TV series Mars that's right. She also runs Cork Films and has produced the feature films Clash of the Dead, Super Bob Winter, Luke Hyams, my also good mate, Exmoor, Confined, starring Daisy Lowe and Alfie Allen, and The Survivalist, to name a few. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I think wow. maybe the key one you're missing is Sisterhood, though. That comes later. Oh. I'm, 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 we're getting a method. You guys have got to let us breathe. No, we just relax. Everyone just relax. It's all good. Sisterhood is coming up. We're on tenterhooks. When is he going to say what he's going to say? Sisterhood was your first film. We were talking about that. Your debut feature film as producer and star. Yeah, I'll just trust you from now on. We might look unprofessional. We most yeah. Yeah. Like they do. They doing, look completely at no. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. And joining them is the director of the Starlin, Neil Johnson. You're going to give him a clap. What are you going to do? You're going to we do were something. Going to point. Just point. 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 Save everything else for later. I, I was just going to say as well, and co-writer. And co-writer. Yes. Thank you. I'm really glad you did that. He also directed The Big Swap, The Ghost of Greville Lodge. Keeping Mum, starring Rowan Atkinson, Patrick Swayze and Dame Maggie Smith. Last year's fantastic Mum's List. You like the word Mum quite a bit. Yeah, I know. Which is starring Rafe Spall. And he also wrote the chillingly haunting White Noise for Universal, starring Michael Keaton. Welcome to the show, Gillian McGregor, Emily Corcoran and Neil Johnson. Thank you. Thank you you Just two claps now. That's all right. Well, you can't clap yourself. Well, we do. We can clap. (laughs) We'll ADR some crowd. Well, ADR. It's all right. Andy's on it now. He's getting the special. Can one of them fart yeah, yeah, yeah. while they're clapping? As you say. <laughs> so let's let's talk the stolen. You both wrote it. Uh, Neil and Emily. Emily, Emily created it. Emily's Emily created, created it from her story. So tell tell us what it's about because it is out in cinemas mm. now. You can go see it. It's do, wonderful. Do, do it's it. brilliant fun. Where can we see it as well? Oh, sorry, well, folks. really, our distributor Ascendant Releasing is doing um, an our screen release. <laughs> so um, though you can find all the booking links um, on our website, thestolenmovie.com, it's also on our screen. So there's specific 
places you can see it. So it's on at um, in London at the Ritzy in Brixton, the Clapham Picture House, and the Picture House Central in Piccadilly. Um, and then it's on throughout the rest of the country as well in different places. Um, some are going to have more, you know, the usual cinema bookings, Clevedon, and we're talking to Cambridge. And mm-hmm. so by the time this comes out, they could be on there, but they'll be all on the website. How did it come about? I'll tell you that. Yeah. So so um, it's set in the 1860s at the time of the gold rush and when um, New Zealand was being colonised mostly by Europeans mm-hmm. um, and Chinese. Well, there was a lot of Chinese that were following the gold and not necessarily intending to stay. Um, my father had the first gold refinery in New Zealand. And wow. so, and we lived at some point on the West Coast where a lot of this happened. And um, so I had from childhood quite a good knowledge of the gold rush. It was part of my my mythology, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. That was part yeah. of where yeah. I came from. And I'd also done this trip over the mountains in the car, obviously, from Christchurch to the West Coast, East Coast to West Coast, multiple, multiple times. And so that was also part of my psyche. You know, it was that journey. Uh, which is quite extraordinary and unlike anything that you'd see anywhere else in the world because the landscape changes so dramatically in the space of a three-hour drive. You know, it's crazy. So that that was part of it. I'd done sisterhood. I was really wanting to um, do something else that was female-based. Um, I knew that um, we needed to get a really good name to do something of the size. I wrote great supporting characters, female supporting characters, in the hope that I could also be in it. Um, <laughs> and within those perimeters, the the story uh, came about. The other thing that's worth pointing out is that in order for it to work and the story to ha- be compelling and to take advantage of this big journey, we needed not to have any telephones, faxes. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have faxes anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Email. Email. Game Boys. Yeah. <laughs> Teleporters, yeah. you know, right. What so, you know, <laughs> record players and yeah, stuff. stuff. Yeah, I'll just, yeah. <laughs> I am so old. And so, uh, it being set in the 1860s worked. Well, it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's a New Zealand Western. Um, I think it's a British Western. It's a mix, yes, isn't it? A, yes, well, it's a British production. I guess mm. it's a kind of a New Zealand, it's a New Zealand Western in, in that because it's set in the 1860s, actually a cast of colonials. Mm. Um, with but a Maori lot of them are features. European. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The, the, the European settlers. Um, British, Irish, um, uh, Scottish, uh, German. But the first half of the movie is a wagon trail story, and mm. that's because Alice Eve plays Charlotte Lockton, who is a, a colonial who's just arrived from England with a husband who's setting home up on, on the um, east coast of the South Island. He's murdered, and her child, her baby, is kidnapped. And the ransom notes that she gets, because she's from a very wealthy family back in England, uh, she can trace them. Uh, to a gold mining town on the other side of the island and to get across the mountain to that gold mining town she needs to join a, a wagon load of dancing girls and and gold diggers and the men who work for the man who is building this town over on the west coast um, and that man is played by Jack Davenport and so the story starts being a journey across uh, New Zealand and the second half of the film is when she gets to the mining town she has to find her kid but has to navigate her way around all these characters who she suspects could be could be holding her child what's really interesting I think that really appealed to me and I, I, I was saying the other day we came up with this phrase uh, or this, this spin on this and I think it came from us writing the producer director vision of it 
most in, in an American Western, you would have your wagon trail story and you'd have your sharpshooter and you'd have the nasty guy who turns out to be quite a good guy, really. Mm-hmm. And you'd have the psychopath and you'd have the scout who's the native who actually is more than just a token character. He's got his own backstory. You have all of those. And usually you'd have a bunch of women in the wagon and you kind of get to know a little bit about them, but they're mainly the dancing girls. This film is about the women in the wagon. Mm-hmm. You've still got those other characters. Um, but actually the film goes inside the wagon and tells the story of these women. It focuses on, 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 on Charlotte Lotz on ICU's character mainly. And that was the real appeal is you're taking these conventions of a Western. One, you're putting them through the lens of it being New Zealand and New Zealand history. But because it was an outlaw land and it was a wild land, it was, there was a wild west. It was a west of the North Island and the South Island. There was, was no um, functioning society in, in a lot of those places. So we're talking... No policing, obviously, mm-hmm. but also no mayors, no any form of of um, social restriction. So for the first time, particularly the women, they had this amazing freedom. They they were literally having multiple partners. <laughs> they were mm-hmm. going and making money, doing mm-hmm. all sorts of questionable things. Nobody judged them. There was just they had loads of freedom. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was quite cosmopolitan and because mm. they, they were and they were drinking i mean they were good drunk. for them good for yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean so just was, like now basically yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean it, it's it, Night it, out in, um, it's incredible Romford. and and it wasn't till the so, sort of civilization started to encroach and the towns started to be built that actually they got restricted back down to which, yeah. which is the story of the american west as well yes. which is why it's like a western i mean but it's an inversion of it yeah so, but it's playing with all those devices and that's what's such fun about making was fun about making this mm. film um is you're playing with the conventions of a western yeah but in the context of new zealand history and with this complete kind of spin of it being about the, the and the landscape so oh, you're doing the, the the western shots oh but yeah what, big, but big, big, very yeah, different sure. landscapes. big close-ups against big landscapes yeah. i mean yeah. we try to avoid mid shots because they just i mean you have to have a few but the intent was always to get into a close-up of a face or a against a wide shot very that's, that is cinema and that's, that's western language as well as cinema language and that's something I noticed when I was seeing it how beautiful those shots were and oh, it was just you. stunning you know the backdrop of New Zealand mm. was beautiful mm. how did you go then from did you shoot any of it in the UK first of all no, no, no everything was shot in New Zealand yeah. how did that work in terms of getting English people across was it co-production that way what um, happened really interestingly um, it it isn't an official co-production, no. Mm-hmm. And the reason was that um, because I qualify, if you like, for both countries, because I've lived here for over 20 years, but I'm born in New Zealand, I ticked enough boxes culturally that for the cultural test in New Zealand for us to be a New Zealand production. If we'd, if we'd done the co-production, it would have restricted um, what we could have done financially mainly. Right. But we also qualified enough because of all of the British crew um, and people that were involved because we did the post over here um, and we took, I mean, we even took our first AD. Mm, wow. Yeah. We tick enough boxes with the BFI. We've just been certified British as well. Amazing. Yes, which is wonderful. And it was an utterly independent production. I mean, that's it, why was, it was completely, completely independent. It, 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 it was just, together. Yeah, it yeah. was. I mean, it was terrifying and painful and I wouldn't, advise it but yeah it was it was and um so actually bringing the um we we had two sort of heads of department an art director and a makeup artist who lived here anyway but were kiwis and wanted to go back and they bizarrely were both from christchurch where we shot it so they both wanted to go back so that was quite weird and then taking jordan out first just made sense because jordan and neil were stuck in the uk 
I couldn't afford to get them out there any earlier. And so they were able to do the scheduling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We worked together on the fight room. And we the had, room, so we got a great team. bringing your team with you. That's well, what it's all about. Well, absolutely. And and the thing is, and I've worked with him since sisterhood, Jordan. So um, there you go, even better. Um, and also, there is it for the director, but also everybody else. It's just terrifying if your first is is not nice, and mm. and the idea that uh-huh. Neil might. Ha- have to use somebody you'd never met before was a bit it was a bit scary it's overwhelming that isn't it yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's generally like you know week one you think i don't think this first is very good that's yeah yeah yeah. but it's too late to anything about it yeah you know you want someone who mirrors your style and we're both me and jordan we're quite relaxed and very friendly and we don't you're not shouters yeah and we don't we don't demand quiet and this sort of stuff we just kind of have a bit of fun and then we just expect professional Professionalism to turn sure. on at the right point. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we expect. Little did he know. Let's go further than the expectation. It's best. You know, He's great, Jordan. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, how did you manage to raise the finance for it? Oh. It was really, really terrifically complicated. Mm-hmm. And um, as I said, I wouldn't advise it, but it was the only way this particular film would get made. I had the New Zealand tax break, so they've got a very good one if it's a New Zealand film or considered a New Zealand film. It's 40%. Wow, which is what it was of, in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, a, it's a, considered a grant, so you mustn't... They, even though it works like the tax credit does here, it's a, considered a grant. Okay. They're giving you money as far, but it is based upon how much you spend. Right. Um, that became incredibly complicated when it should have been simple because of the British coming in and out and all that kind of thing and um, where all the money came from. <laughs> so we had money from the UK. Um, private which, investors. Private investors. Yep. Okay. Um who we were doing we were doing EIS and SEIS mm-hmm. so there was we had to be very careful to ensure it was british enough etc and that the ownership of the new zealand company was owned by the by the british EIS company mm-hmm. production company and all that so that was nail biting because we had to get pre approval and we didn't till the out I mean like literally and and they oh that was just terrible wow. and they couldn't raise more so you know I was a lot of the time I was playing catch up in the middle of the night of course because I was in New Zealand phoning the other side of the world then a German bank came in through a, a my co-producer Michael Geidel who had tried different sources of financing out of Germany and none of them had stuck and he he was on it for about five years as well and he just kept going he was like a ever ready bunny he was great and he um, finally found this uh, bank who would consider doing it and I really didn't think that they would but it it took two years of talking Mm. and they did and that was kind of the henchman once we knew we had the bank Mm. we knew that we could make it because it was it was a big chunk of money then i had a philanthropist sir douglas myers who did it because uh put money in he was a kiwi but lived here in the uk and he had been kept being asked to donate money for the earthquake in Christchurch and he wanted to create jobs rather than just give money so which we did mm-hmm. we had another british financier which dropped out right at the last minute as i was closing <laughs> oh, because no. because it their terms didn't fit with the bond and all this kind of stuff and so i had to convince one of the other financiers to 
stump up quite a bit more cash, but they did. That was due prep, wasn't it? That was when I was in. Oh, it was you just a night. So suddenly you're like 20-30% down in money. Was it, it was, um, would you have got ahead had you not got that? Or was it, we it... couldn't because it had to be bonded and it could only um... be bonded if it was completed. And then we had issues because the bond had to be German because we had to spend money in Germany. Mm-hmm. And the bond in Germany didn't confused. fit. Exactly. It didn't fit. My brain can't process this stuff. It's just and not. then the schedule changed because we knew we had to cut we had to cut the script to fit the schedule and then we had to have a whole other conversation with the bond so we had one conversation with the bond company yeah. based on the version of the script that they wow. like looked okay, at yeah. and then it was just more to get it we just have to off. change the script mm-hmm. and so then the bond got alerted that the script had changed we had to have another conversation no. <laughs> to explain why the script had changed yet the schedule was the same this is where was Neil was just you know. brilliant because he's so convincing so it was even though he was like I'm not really sure and I'm like just just black it because the biggest thing was the, the schedule's the same mm-hmm. yet, yet we're making less script and it was just to explain so you almost without saying the, the previous version was, was there for unachievable yeah. it, was, yeah, yeah. it was trying to say well this is the, um, but there was enough new there was enough new stuff to yeah. say well actually the attention's going here rather than there I mean, it just it's the usual things but it's just when when there's little vulnerable patches like you had yeah. everyone's on high alert mm-hmm. for that any shift of the circumstances oh, yeah. Yeah. you're so worried that it all just like a house of cards well, yeah. well yeah. It, and, yeah. it, and, it, and it, it could is. have done I mean, it and is a house of cards it, isn't it it was and, and it was only because some of the money was I could be spending it without the bond being closed that it actually continued but I had to borrow money and all sorts of stuff yeah. and go and convince the bank to go into overdraft and all that kind of thing and it was really really stressful what would and you I do a, differently again I just wouldn't really use that many partners I mean that's the thing it was because there were so many different players but as I said then if I had really refused to do that, probably wouldn't have been made. No. Yeah, because you needed them all. Yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. To yeah. Make so it, it wasn't because we we used to say a lot, and we the last time we're going to do some period film. There were things about the project that meant it was a, a struggle to get it taken seriously mm. by financiers, and that was female lead in a western and distributors. Adventure. I mean, yeah. we'd get really good mm. script readings, wouldn't mm, we? Yeah, really yeah, good, like yeah. love it and everything. But yeah. oh, the genre! Oh, yeah. there's a woman in it. You know, it's at so all? No, strange, no. There's a woman in the yeah. lead, and it's the genre where a woman in the lead doesn't really work, or it's a, you know, and it it was so um, perplexing because yes, they kept saying that the quality of the thing was great, but yet they wouldn't. Back oh, we didn't have a spin. It wasn't like we had a female lead who was slaughtering everyone in like a blood fest. There was no, yeah. no spin like that. The mm. It was post-modern. a story, wasn't it? It's, it's a, a traditional. It's a very traditional. Yeah, a story trying, down to, line trying to get a baby Western, back. You know, a woman trying to get it's always a strange thing to say. Oh, this won't work because it doesn't exist yet. You'd think yeah. that would be the reason why it'd work. Yeah, this doesn't exist yet. Therefore, yeah. we think there's an audience for it because yeah. no one's seen it. Mm. But everyone's like... so scared, aren't they? Mm. Because there's so much money at stake, and mm. everyone's reputation is always at stake. That you see in every area whether that's I mean I don't know anything about yeah, this I don't true. do this but that's why they're making sequels all the time or reboots or, yeah. or whatever so mm-hmm. there's this but there is an appetite for new stories and for different takes on things it's just that that we can't seem to so well, it, well, the, it takes you know? this effort to yeah, feed exactly. it does get yeah. fed but it takes that effort it mm. does and I mean probably what isn't wise if anybody out there is planning it is not to do a period piece yeah. <laughs> if you're going to yeah. do something but the thing is that was was part of the newness of it yeah, was, it was that that it was yeah. that was it was set in the 1860s and wasn't a, a contemporary piece it wasn't, so. an, it wasn't in that regard an art house period piece no. like say Lady Macbeth it was, it was a mainstream period piece on a lower budget so yeah. it, it fell through all, it fell, it fell through, it, through yeah. all sorts of stories 
crystals and into all sorts of cracks because of what its made strange it, nature. It's USP was the very thing that went against it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. And what about casting? So obviously you've got a lovely cast mm. with, yeah, with mm. Alice, even Jack Davenport, mm. Richard O'Brien, Gillian, and yourself, mm. Emily. Graham McTavish, of course, yeah. is wonderful. How, how did that come about? How did you cast? Well. Actually, casting was a part of our nightmare. Okay. Um, I'm going to say this because Alice was um, one of the actresses who never asked this. But I was always surprised considering that the male lead was only, to just give you an example, the male lead's only needed for two weeks mm-hmm. and the female lead was needed for the full five to six weeks. Every single actress we offered it to asked who the male lead was. Wow. And then finding the male lead had to find an actor whose ego was was could accept. And they were all European. They all were, the ones that supporting. agreed to do it, all the well, because yeah. we had a few, mm-hmm. were were not were a European. Oh, we called him male lead, but really, you look at the film. The, he's, 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 he's the key supporting. He's one. He's of a supporting part. A key supporting sure. actor happens yeah. to be a man, but we called him the male lead just because you need to give it that That's definition. That's fascinating. Yeah. Do you think though, so in, for the actress asking or the the actors mm. asking that question about who mm. the male lead is? Mm-hmm. I find it's, it it's terrifying, just, but it's it's just conditioning. So it's, made, it's just because they're so used to. They didn't. They didn't the, believe. Yeah. This is what it comes down to, and this is the problem. Yeah. They didn't believe that anybody would be interested in that movie, and unless it was uh, uh, it based upon who the man was that they were playing opposite. Yeah. yeah. And and some it could have been different. Perhaps it was important to them that they knew who they were going to be. With, but at the, the same time, well, you have credibility, yeah. so like, like a credibility. But we had sure, credible yes. people like Graham and Richard mm-hmm. attached already, so that wasn't really uh, an, an issue. issue. And and Neil had worked with very very famous people, Indeed. so yeah. you know we didn't have any of those. So it must have been yeah. that. And I just found it. We were, I was so perplexed because, as you've seen from the movie, her interaction with that character is fairly only it's really at, towards the it's, end of yeah. the movie it's um i don't spoiler alert um but you know it's not so much uh at the at the beginning or you know so she's they, they, they may be asking these questions before reading the script it sounds like they're sort of like just uh, they're, getting, I, they're almost getting there here's the I, project I think, who's in it, no, I, I think when you read the script i think you kind of realize that there's a romantic interest mm. that she has i mean uh, her sure. other, the other male lead in that regard is graham's character bully she has uh, alice's character has a lot of interaction with him but a the, lot, the romantic yeah interaction mm. is with Jack's character but so I guess Marti. it's Marti, I guess it's like who, who, one who are these mm. people and who, who's the who's the person we're identifying as a male lead mm, yeah. who's playing him one because that will give a credibility tick for the film but also who am I going to have to but the men didn't ask I was going to say did the men ask no yeah but I because I didn't think about any of that stuff but for me if I get a script and there's you know um, intimate moments or whatever I'm going to want to know who that guy is before I say anything or in case I've had a relationship with him in the past or they don't like you know I've turned on something down I've turned something down because the guy opposite me sure but I I, I mean maybe this is just a personal thing but I didn't the intimacy there is no um, full-on sex scene or anything like that in it. So, well, I don't know. No, but, then no, there's, but there's in a, the previous a, draft, there yes. was, it was... More yes, there's a, a seduction of some sort, I, I guess. Yeah. And, the, and the two actors who were, you know, Jack was the one that, that we were fortunate to get, but the other actor who I spoke with, we met and spoke mm. with about his role, they were the only two who said, and they said directly to me, 
by the way, I'm not, I get this completely. I mm-hmm. get that it's the woman's film and uh, that it's, you know, it's Charlotte's movie and that I'm going to, and I'm absolutely comfortable because it's a really interesting character here, the male lead, mm-hmm. uh, in front of a better term. And I'm really just look forward to the fun of doing something in that small, concentrated period of time mm. with that character. The two that, that we got through to, who mm-hmm. took it seriously, both expressly said that. That's they wonderful. weren't afraid. Yeah, yeah. which is you great. Know. Did you, um, audition them I doubt it I'm going to put it out there it was a direct uh, offer I yes it was it. To, yeah. to the, yes all the people that we offered to were incredibly credible the women and the men mm-hmm. they they had um, vast resumes and were you know of, of a particular stature, know, stature. Mm-hmm. how do you act as a producer and a performer on set how do you wear those two hats I, I and just, how, so yeah. you're in presumably costume at some point and someone's saying Oh, catering's not turned we, up. They're we, stuck no, in a mud we, we pile. Had a, we yeah. had a, an agreement, didn't we, that, that you were, you were never had... going to be seen with a phone doing producing no, on set. No, yeah. and I um, really didn't want to. Yeah. So mm. though I might have been on the phone all night till three in the morning or whatever and came to work <laughs> looking like rough as a badger's backside. Which is good um, for the role. Yeah, so, fortunately yeah. I was playing No, she didn't, Joe. She looked gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, 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 it's fine. I didn't. It's so you fine. had a rule that's basically when you're acting, I didn't want you're to. only acting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, just, yeah. I didn't, I didn't yeah, want to. Incredible. And I remember I had line producers and production managers and sure. all that. So. I mean, the important thing on the set was, was your performance because in Absolutely. the end, as much as all that shit goes on behind, what's on the screen is all that's left yes. yeah it's all that we're asking the audience to care about not not no. the hardship that anyone especially emily went through to get it no made. it's so about entertainment was yeah the thing mm-hmm. yeah. so it was just i think you you disappeared there was always yeah. you're always little squirreled away areas where we knew you were going to do your phone call. <laughs> yeah. it was never there was it never felt like emily was producing it felt no. like emily was one of the team of actors yeah uh, doing what a team of actors do which is having fun in between keeping it light uh, you know getting getting intense when they need to getting their performance and then having fun again and it never felt like it's only when you were absent that everyone thought, okay, something's oh, she, going down. She's <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, writing notes yeah, in yeah, the back yeah, of the wagon yeah. going, oh, that went wrong, didn't it? Or running to the bank. <laughs> that happened once. I had to rush to the bank and they were like late. Oh, wow. And yeah, um, because yeah. a cause a transfer hadn't gone through, yeah. that was rather crucial. Mm-hmm. And I heard about that from your mum. Oh, <laughs> did your mum come in and say that transfer hasn't gone through so Maren was a, an executive producer on this as you probably can tell rightly so I'm right? Rightly so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she was also very helpful to me because she was probably annoying people on set that probably did happen a bit but um, it was good She because she uh, really helped a lot and she got sponsors and she got all the locations oh. and she did she she was good at doing those kind of yeah, things. She was yeah, good at going yeah. brokering stuff. She sounds wonderful. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. she's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was her as well as the line producer. And yeah. the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fine because Neil, um, just obviously you can tell, Neil's not a temperamental director. I've worked with some directors that need management. He's just not one of those guys. So, or, or women. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't see the point. Don't yeah. See the point. And, and so yeah. he's yeah. very much like, what's my restriction I've got to get Just the thing done yeah. And, yeah. and that's why I knew it would be fine there's some directors who go great producer's not here let's like how much can we get which is so counterproductive yeah. of course it is mm. yeah. um, I'd only eat into your next day yeah so yeah, yeah. yeah and and, and mm. you know that's you don't want to be pulling plugs on people and stuff so I just didn't need to worry mm-hmm. and yeah. I wanted him to feel that he didn't need to worry that he'd be doing a shot and I'd go oh by the way Neil um, I think you know you yeah. want to turn the camera on me, me. 
and I need another five takes. Mm-hmm. Thanks, during, during the rewrite of the script in the in the, in the very late prep, mm. it was great because we had that conversation yeah. about the fact there are some of Honey's lines actually ought to go to other characters, and there are some of Honey's scenes that will just have they're the you know when you're shaving things down, down in the to, edit, they'll have to go. Was, and what was great is you you knew that the film was more important than and in fact what makes the characters work in the end is making the film work therefore yeah, yeah, what makes yeah. the actor's performance mm. work is what yeah. is making the film work none of, none of that was an issue at all was it no yeah. I, I don't really I mean I suppose that is a benefit of being a producer I always saw the bigger picture so um, I didn't uh, of course I've got an ego but really I just wanted to the film to look the best knowing that that would also make me look the best <laughs> yeah so totally, totally. so and i knew as well i suppose because we're friends and we've been working that neil wouldn't let me do a bad take and let it ride mm-hmm. he would he would let me do mm-hmm. another one so i trusted him with that too i think that's a fear if you're producing and then you start to act that 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 the director doesn't isn't going to look after you. Speak yeah, yeah. Yes, that myth of the the shouty, mm. angry director mm. is going away. I give talks and things to young filmmakers. I say a director is there. One, they have a vision of the film, but mm. depending on whether you've written it and you're producing it yourself, that's either entirely your vision or actually it's a shaped. It's your shape of someone else's initial vision, which could be a producer's or an original writer. It's a writer. team sport. It's a team sport. And the director is the one who answers the questions that everyone has. Yeah. A director is there to answer those questions and to know the answer, and that's your job. you just got to know... What is the best that you can get out of other people? And I always say it's a great privilege as a director because you, you, they're all the way through a process. Other than the producer, they're all the way through the process. Yeah. But I guess I have the closer relationship with the, with the creative people throughout than a producer. And you, so, you know, the Unless they want team, money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, the prep team, the shoot team, the, the, the edit team, the post-production team. It's, you just, you're just aware there are so many great craftspeople who know what they're doing and mm. want to give you their best mm. and it's about knowing when to, to to take that like an actor like taking an actor and saying this actor is going to inhabit that character and it will be as much them and their style and their take as it will be what was written on this page it's the same with the dp and the, and even the first ad in their job it's about getting the best out of them yeah, yeah and letting them express themselves but knowing where it fits and knowing where it doesn't fit and that's where the certainty you just have to be certain i think a lot of shouty directors it comes from a, a lack of confidence Mm. Um, and that kind mm. of ego needing to get over that. But if you know what you want and you know what you need, and if you're happy to compromise in the right way, which comes down to when there are so many hours in a day and you have, you've only got one day to do this scene, you have to get, you have to schedule it in the right way so you shoot the important stuff first because you mm-hmm. may not get round to the, to the other stuff, to the icing. It may not, there may not be time for that. And it's having the confidence to know when, when you've got it and when to move on. Yeah. And what you want is those experts to come and say, I need, I need one more take for the make, and you've got to say it. It, it this works. Yeah, that yeah, scene no, works yeah, for the film, yeah, yeah. and we will now move on. Sometimes, yeah. actually, you know, you think the director should be the person saying, "No, we're doing more." Yeah. And more. But sometimes, actually, yes. it's, it's the techs around you, yeah. the experts you bring on board, yeah. and they come to you and say, "CJ, look," or you know, yeah. Neil or Charles, or yeah. Yeah. But uh, they uh, they say, "Well, look, you might want one more, and here's why." And you go, "Yeah." Damn it, you're right. Yeah, okay. Yes. You know, so that's, yes. that's it's, it's, it's Danny Boyle's wonderful quote where he says, everyone on my set is a mini director. Yes. So the costume design is a mini director, yes. the sound yes. guy, because then they're telling you what's right yes. and what's wrong. And yeah. they can come and whisper or say something yeah. to you, you or the first. Yeah. And then you've got that great team around you, which yeah. is what we always say. It's all about getting that great team. And, and I consider my biggest them. role is to have the movie in my head. So mm-hmm. that all those demands and requests fit into the movie in my head. So I can, at a certain point, sometimes say, you're dead right. That's worth an extra take, even though we're running out of time. Yeah. Yeah. Or 
that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to use that. Yes, that or or that's good. It works because of these other reasons and it works because it fits into the shape and the feel and the tone of what we shot three days ago. And and it's just, you've just got to have that map of the movie in in your head the whole time. What about um, working with actors yourself? Obviously, you've worked with some big names, Dame Maggie Smith and obviously (laughs) Alice Stephen Jack Davenport on this. And we'll, we'll talk mainly about The Stolen. How was it for you working with you know name talent? How, how do you approach it? I, I love, I love it, I love it. And in fact, interesting enough, uh, um, Alice reminded me of Kristen Scott Thomas. Yes, uh, you were with her, of course. In yeah. that they're both uh, in the best kind of way. They're both they're both unpredictable. You don't necessarily know what you're going to get from one take to the next. Yeah. But actually, that's incredibly exciting because you can get a take. I mean, a, a direction like just a bit more energy, it can go wildly energetic. Wow. A direction okay. like okay, let's turn the energy. It can go wildly the other way. And what's great is you can shape that mm-hmm. in the cutting room but what you get is a is a is an is an actor both in in alice and kristen actually who wants to completely understand the material be very comfortable where they are within the arc of that scene and within the arc of the whole story and then they want to try different things even though i don't necessarily think that's how they describe themselves that's what they need to do jack um was like maggie actually a really solid sturdy actor and once he was comfortable with what he was going to deliver he it was shades it. of the same thing yes as little okay. little tweaks mm. and you could get through just two takes with them and you, you, they've given you this kind of range of performance which it's when you watch them on the screen afterwards that you realize what they were giving you so uh, there are times when um it happened with jack a couple of times but it definitely happened with maggie where i'd say just a little bit of this and this and that and she'd go oh, okay and you know she'd do another take and then you realize oh shit it was actually all there in the previous take it's just that it's only when you look it's only when you're concentrating on her on the screen afterwards in the cutting room that you realize she was delivering it to you it's really exciting it's, it's exciting work with all every actor brings something of themselves they bring their take on their character their requ- the demand i suppose on them is that they bring their knowledge of their character and their character's story because they've worked and, really hard on it already yeah. they've, and they they've want to fight for those moments right? they want yeah. to fight for those revelations so you're great at that you'll fight you're, you came always to every scene whether we could end up using it it's, it's, it's looking at Jill. 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 I'm sorry to Jill. you turned up to every scene on time you turned up to every scene with where it fit your character's story with Jill's character's story now whether we can end up using that or not is just a thing about the editing that's sure, another issue on set there's an entire world being created and it's a different world for each character you get an actor like richard o'brien who who's one who's absolutely fantastic in this film yes. and he comes to i want to do it irish okay i want to <laughs> speak like this great because okay. you, because in the end it's 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 people giving their best how was your experience jill on the stolen as just an actor point of view obviously you're in new zealand it's yeah i mean what a, an incredible thing i got to go to new zealand i got to hang around with this lot every day it was amazing sure. the group so we all just clicked straight away mm. i mean mm. graham i don't know very well but i'd met him a couple of times McTavish. through you and he is just the coolest guy right isn't he he's yeah. just amazing yeah. um stan walker who plays matai was we'd clicked straight away and he is in australasia he's so famous he's a recording mm. artist singer songwriter mm. oh, really? so we went to the supermarket and like people would like freak out we went for a drink and we had to be we got mobbed and were escorted out by wow. security. It was unbelievable. Wow. It was quite, yeah. it's quite interesting he's because well. oh, he's so good. good. Well, he was really when we were shooting. He was the most famous person on the shoot. Nobody really knew yeah. who anybody else was. Um, 
they really wouldn't have, but they all knew who Stan Walker was. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, he, that was, I didn't really grasp it till we got mobbed. That no, night. well, I didn't know because I'd spoken, um, me and Neil had had our like pre, um, pre-flight pre chat about the character and all that stuff. And you said, oh, we've cast this great guy, like look him up. And, and I Googled him and I was like, oh, wow, cool. He's got an amazing voice, obviously, like, you know, didn't really understand. But he's like, it's like Cheryl Cole. Mm-hmm. It's like if you went to the supermarket with Cheryl Cole. Like how mobbed you get it was unreal, wow. but he's the most down to earth, yeah, normal, funniest, mm. most generous guy ever, and <laughs> did really well with my apartment. My apartment had a hot tub, so I was obviously the most popular person on set. So every <laughs> it was hot tub <laughs> didn't you? you weren't invited. That's where the <laughs> I was like, so Fuck me, he's not giving me what I want. Dish any dirt on your hot tub party? Absolutely any... no, no. Every no. Was very clean. You can't by the talk end about it. publicly. Well, it was only it was only standing. It was only me standing Cohen, so it yeah, wasn't yeah. Um, Cohen nothing Holloway weird. Was a comedian, in yeah. yes. and he was in Hunt for the Wilder People, and he's in yeah. Thor. Yeah, yeah, one of the blue yeah. scavengers. He's the yes. main blue scavenger in yeah, Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because and he's, he's such very an good amazing friend. actor. He's very good friends with uh, Taika Waititi. So, and Great. he's been in all of Taika's films. And apparently, he told me that um, Taika likes him to be in it as he's like his good luck charm. So even if he's only got a tiny part, he always yeah, that's cute. Yeah. But he, he drove Stan around. He was Stan's taxi driver, I think, for quite a lot of Pretty time. Much. Yeah. yeah, they would go Aww. on little excursions yeah. Yeah. and nice. stuff, often to hot pools. Yeah, they would go to hot pools. It was such a cool thing, and obviously, like you know, I really like working with Neil. It was great watching you all. It was great watching in between takes, you know, because there's plenty of other stuff we got to do. Aaron, mm-hmm. watching you guys just. Um, ha- not have fun. I don't mean have fun in a we tribe. Did. We did. We really you have did. Fun watching you keep yourselves energized. Yeah. And just on it, and it was really good. There was a lovely feeling on set. But see, on this film, you couldn't throw a shoe without hitting one of my relatives. They were all working <laughs> on it, right? So I heard every. I knew everything. I knew everything people did I knew how many styrofoam cups people were using I knew like yeah. everything what were they and using them for <laughs> exactly talking to each Lizzie other like said. telephones putting yeah. it to their ear with a bit Lizzie of string said, across. You know, come out, there's a lot of wastage on, on the unit truck and this and that and you know so when I went to the line producer and said oh I've heard that this and this is happening and she said Emily on a normal shoot all this would go on and you'd never know Mm. Um, so basically probably true but it was good that I knew about some of it because even my husband was working on it so he rang me a couple of times going bloody hell this is going on la 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 so I had to yeah yeah yeah. We had, I mean, the, the set build was, was fantastic. I mean, we mm. took over a place called Ferramede Heritage Park, which is like a kind of a bits theme. of bits of New Zealand colonial history. It was a theme mm. park. A theme park, really. Yeah. But we took over one, uh, a few buildings and turned the interior of the bar in Goldtown is the interior. It's a stable interior of the, the Heritage Park. Mm-hmm. And then we built that. There's an exterior shot as they arrive at Goldtown. It is, yeah. They built yeah. that set. That was actually at this, this land, which needed a bit of clearance anyway. Mm. It had just become a dump. Right. Um, with grass growing so you didn't realise it you thought it was just a hill but actually it was a hill made up of just stuff that had been dumped and grass had grown they cleared that away and they built this exterior set um, and it was just beautiful to see something on that scale one given the budget mm. and the schedule that we had it's amazing that we did but to see like the old fashioned way of like a full sized massive bar hotel being built in that valley yeah, it was, was just it was fantastic. amazing to see the whole thing it just felt so huge like steam trains and mm. All that. I mean, mm. I've I've never done a film 
Mm. with as much going on as this massively ever. ambitious scale and mm. uh, you know and the reach as it should be beyond our grasp and every so often we got there and times when we didn't we there, there was enough going on that it we it was made to work it somehow the people well, pulled they together bu- they even built the whole of Chinatown didn't yes. they oh, yeah, God, yeah. yeah in the woods so, of the yeah, of that, yeah. So, it was an incredible effort and and the usual stuff people working ridiculous hours and and as usual the design crew and that team always working almost 20 hour days mm. with the same commitment that you always get on on films so there's no different from any other low budget or uh, film production but it's just there was something about i think it's something for us being out there mm. um i was out there for what three and a half months i think mm. so like through midway through soft prep all the way to a few days after the shoot and we did one day of additional shooting for some of the exterior big exterior traveling shots and it's like this bubble it's like this bubble of time mm. it's about in new zealand where pretty much in fact i only had one and a half days off and one day, Jack drove me and the editor down to Akaroa uh, <laughs> through the fog, so we didn't really see much. And the other yeah. half day, I can't remember what I did, went to Christchurch for the first time. But, but this idea of immersing myself, because, you know, I was away from my family, so mm-hmm. I was just going to be there for the movie. Mm-hmm. And that worked out, because literally there was something to do every single day of every day of the week. Um, and it was absolutely fantastic, a really memorable experience. That's and great. the light of New Zealand, the yeah, light, the, the quality of light to that country. It's like a veil's been lifted. It's like England with something that's been washed. The, the windscreen's been washed, and you see it clearly. And it affects how the shots are. There's a glow. There's mm. a silverness and a kind of it, it's beautiful. And it's a very green, a very earthy uh, color scheme to New Zealand, which I think was reflected in the movie. In fact, uh, I told the story before, but in the grade in Germany, I think that the grado is a great guy. Just by himself, just thought Western. I'll go Western. And he went very. All the sunsets were very yellow. Mm-hmm. It's very Arizona. It's like oh no 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 no. The sun isn't yellow when it sets. It, it's silver and then very very deep red. But let's go for that silver look. Go for that kind of grey. Mm. Sort of desaturated looks. So everything in the first grade, the first pass he did, was completely very American Western. I mean, in the space of a day, we turned it to, to the look. Now. Like to how it looks, and it looks amazing. Yeah. And it is look. It's a fantastic film. Uh, it is out now. Go check it out. Go try and find it. Really do. It's a wonderful film. Support indie films. Support this film. It's really great. There's a digital release as well. Talk there about is. That. There is. So the digital release for the UK is the 11th of December, but also DVD. And I think it's on Amazon, Google Play, all the usual stuff. So if you miss it at the cinema, which you really shouldn't. It's a cinema film. You should it's watch it. It's really yeah. beautiful. Um, get but it on digital do, and blow it up. Yeah, yeah or get uh, it on your big plasma yeah, screen yeah. at home yeah, and watch yeah. it there. 11th of December, yeah. 2017. Check that out. Thank yeah. you. Charles, don't have plasma screens anymore. It's all... Does what, it have a fax? Uh, or LED now. <laughs> LED, a fax, <laughs> plasma. <laughs> put it through your fax machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to talk to you all day. I could go on about for ages. But I think we nearly did. We nearly did. <laughs> um, where can people follow you online so that people can follow you and find out more about you guys? Emily, let's start and with you. My mum, you can probably tweet her, though she's not very good at tweeting. Um <laughs> thestolenmovie.com is all the details for the movie mm-hmm. and the booking. My Twitter handle is Emily Cork, so just C-O-R-C. The Stolen Movie has a Facebook page. so mm-hmm. Go follow that. Yeah, and Meryn Corcoran, this my mother, <laughs> has an author page on Facebook, so do follow her. On, she's a and novelist. She's, yeah, she's, she's a best-selling novelist. novelist. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, New Zealand's yeah. no limits to her. This is oh, no, incredible yeah. talent. She's, she's awesome. Not only produced you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm 
how great but is the production. <laughs> yes. um, and then there's my Cork Films website as well. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm really, I suppose, just Twitter, and it, uh, mine is Neil Keeps Mum. Not Niall, but spelled like Niall. So N I A L L, Keeps Mum. That's my Twitter handle. Don't have a website, and Facebook is really kind of for family and friends. So it is Twitter, really. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter. Gillian? Yeah. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Jilly Mac G, and Instagram, Jilly.MacG. And you can follow me at Giles Alderson. You can follow you at... C. James Direct. You can follow the Filmmakers Podcast at Filmmakers Pod. Uh, go to our website, www.thefilmmakerspodcast.com. And go to iTunes. If you like this podcast, do support us. Do give us a nice review. It really does mean the world to us. Subscribe. Even if you don't listen to them, just, just subscribe. Yeah. and download <laughs> them. Don't listen to them. Download it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it does make a big difference. Look, being prepared is everything. You can make your own film, but know who your audience is and get out there and do it. And remember, if you're lucky enough to do well and rise up, it's your duty to send the elevator back down. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.